leaders. Appreciate your pastoral leaders who gave you the word of God. We just saw that. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all because Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's always totally himself. Don't be lured away from him by the latest speculations about him. The grace of Jesus Christ is the only good ground for life. Products named after Christ don't seem to do much for those who buy them. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They're alert to the condition of your lives and work under strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Jesus is our leader. Jesus does not change. Jesus is consistent. Jesus is consistently faithful and truthful. We are following the way that he lives. And we're not following kind of the latest fads about him. So those are just a nutshell, a summary of what we just read. But Jesus is the one who wrote on leadership. And so I want to remind us of what leadership by Jesus looks like. Mark wrote about it when he said, You've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of God has done. He came to serve and not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held hostage. So Jesus is telling us that a new day of leadership has come. As we've been reading through Hebrews, uh, this letter to the Hebrews contrasts again and again the old way and the new way. And this is another way of contrast. There was an old way of leadership. There is now a new way of leadership. As Jesus says these things, he's thinking about the old versus the new. Leaders have no weight to throw around. So the new leader that's following Jesus doesn't throw his weight around. He doesn't lord it over. Now you might, if you think about some of the leaders of the Old and the Old Testament, there were leaders in the Old Testament that threw their weight around. So those leaders in the church today that tend to want to throw their weight around, to lord it over, to be served, not to serve, they're really listening to the old and not to the new. I wish it wasn't so confusing. I mean, there really is a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The new completes the old. But some reason, we just kind of get pulled back easily into the Old Testament. Leaders like Jesus don't throw their weight around. They, they don't exert power, or they don't have a power over anybody. Sometimes within church, 
we talk about anointed leaders. And again, if our model is leaders from the Old Testament, then it's like these people that have this power and all of us are supposed to know about it and all of us are supposed to kind of respect it and all of us are kind of to bow or even like grovel at that person's feet. I had a friend one time that was attending a meeting and it was a, it was a, very, it was a very powerful meeting. And it was very evident that God was doing work and he was doing good things in life. And, and then there was just this long line of people that wanted to receive prayer from the leader. And my friend got in that line. He, he really, he wanted, to, he wanted to be touched by God. He, he wanted to be under the influence of this leader. The guy had good things to say. And then sometimes it, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of a little bit different, but sometimes people, uh, when they connect with God, they're overwhelmed by God and they can fall. They can lose their balance. just like heaven meets earth and it just wigs our body out. Well, my particular friend did not have that experience when this leader touched him. And so somebody following the leader said, you need to fall down out of respect for this leader. My friends, that's totally the old. That's totally the old. Leaders in the New Testament are anointed to love, to serve. The greatest leaders among us in the church would actually give their life like Jesus did in the literal sense. So that's, if you're going to look for anointing of leaders... Don't look for people that look right in front of people. Don't look for people that dress right or have a big mansion. Or don't look for people that have, like, it seems really powerful words and maybe people respond to them and people kind of worship them. Don't look for people like that. Look for people like Jesus. People that are humble. People don't have anything to prove. People that seem to have this special unction or this anointing from God where you know that you know that you know they love you. And they love you unconditionally. And you know that you know that you know they would do anything for me. I'm so glad that Megan shared her story. Because the people that just stood up are anointed leaders. They're anointed by God to love people in high school. Do you remember when you were in high school? You were kind of hard to love when you were in high school, weren't you? You know, we're really grateful. There's several from high school here with us. They've been loved. And they've seen the real thing. They have seen servant leaders, people that are following Jesus and becoming like Jesus, people that don't have any weight to throw around, people that don't exert power over anybody. They just serve people. We're really grateful for this team of young people that have served high school folks in our community. And and they've served and sacrificed for their well-being so that many of them have now come to know Jesus. I would really hope that we as a community of people would really exhibit what it's like to serve others. Um, I would would just really hope that that we wouldn't have some of the, the past that lingers on that, that thinks we've got to kind of lord it over, tell people what to do. 
uh, get people under our power, do what I say, or you're not, you know, none of that, but that we would be a community that really serves God, serves people, and loves. That's, that's what a servant leader is. Now, when we have those leaders, we as a community need to respond to them in a couple of ways. And this passage tells us exactly how to do that. We as a community want to appreciate servant leaders and learn to follow their example in living like Jesus. Again, Megan just demonstrated what it's like to express appreciation for servant leaders. And Megan just told us, you know, I'm following you because you're following Jesus. I want to become like you because you're becoming like Jesus. That's what a servant leader is. Those leaders are faithful, they're truthful, they're consistent. And I love how the message ties that with Jesus is the same. Today, yesterday, tomorrow, and forever. Servant leaders are becoming like Jesus and learning to become consistent. I don't think any of us have arrived there, but that's where leaders go. And we also, as a community, want to respond favorably to their service. When our leaders give us counsel, we want to listen to them. We don't want to pretend like we're listening. We really want to listen. We really want to take to heart. And when you know that somebody loves you, when you know that somebody's there to serve you, somebody's there that's right alongside of you, somebody that can love you through some of the hardest times of your life, you really do listen to their counsel. Take it to heart. Now, not everything that a leader says to you may be right. I mean, that, I mean none of us is perfect. But it's really worth listening to the counsel that leaders give. And then to contribute to the joy of their leadership. Leading others is not an easy job. Every servant leader that I know has this this measure of, I'm not really sure I'm qualified to be doing this. And and so sometimes it's hard to be joyful about doing something that you're not totally confident that you should be doing or you're qualified to do. So those of you that are leading, if you love Jesus, if you're serving Jesus, if your motivation is to love people and to serve people, that's what qualifies you to to lead. And so there's a joy that all of us can contribute to those that are leading us. Now, this question comes out of the passage. Why would you want to make things harder for our servant leaders? And that's just the question that just kind of hangs in this passage. It's a contrast between the joy of leadership and the drudgery of leadership. The drudgery of leadership includes, well, I'm leading, but it doesn't look like anybody's following. I'm doing the best that I can to give counsel, but it doesn't look like anybody's listening. Why would we? I mean, why would we make things harder for those that are striving to be servant leaders? I mean, it would be like, Why would we lack appreciation for people that are serving us? Why would we be unresponsive to their service? Why would we be deaf to their counsel? Why why do we do that? 
And, you know, this is one of those places where we get to, you know, we don't have to pretend. We're not always appreciative of our leaders. And we're not always responsive to them. But when we're not, why? What's going on with me? So I'm going to leave that question for you. You know, write that down. This is your assignment this week. Why is it that we sometimes add to the difficulty of people leading us? You can think of coaches, you can think of teachers, you can think of young life leaders, you can think of parents. I mean, all those people that are leading, trying to lead in our lives. Why, Why do we sometimes make things harder? So take it, think about it. I'd be curious how you answer that question. I have some suspicions of myself, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. But then I also want to, I want to end on a good note. That, that's a little, you know, like, that's like too sober. Let's, let's move away from there. I want to recognize our leaders. Sometimes it may not look like we have a leadership but we have multiple people that serve our community. So I want to I recognize them today and uh, tell you a little bit of who they are, what they're doing. And uh, we have kind of three types of leaders. We have community leaders. Some people would call those people elders. Those of us that have moved into that category don't like that term. We don't like being reminded that we're older you know, we're just leaders. Uh, others have said, well, it could be senior leaders. Well, is that's not any better. Who wants to be a senior? <laughs> so we're just community leaders. Also, there's a little bit of baggage attached to the term elders. And so we're trying to kind of not redefine it. You can't redefine what the Bible says, but we're just kind of staying away from some of that terminology. We also have community group leaders. I know that gets confusing. We have community leaders that are overseeing all of what we do as a community, then we break up into community groups, and we have leaders that lead those groups. Then we have ministry group leaders. Those might be what the Bible calls deacons. Again, we're staying away from that term because that seems so different. What does that mean? So those are the categories of leaders that we have. Now let me tell you who they are. These are our community leaders. Now as I say their name, if they're here, Ron's going to love this, we're going to have them stand up, come up again because we'll do something at the end. Uh, I wanted to make... Ron's going to be gone for a month, so I have to kind of catch up with him before he leaves. So George and Cindy Bocorny, uh, Ron and Becky Brandenberger, Chuck and Marinelle Hall, Steve and Marianne Smith, Jeremy and Jennifer Wilson, and Scott and Susan Chernagel. These are people that come into our community that have a history of knowing Jesus, of loving Jesus, of serving Jesus, and they're just gifted to be our leaders. They oversee. Uh, Sometimes that's a nebulous job description, but they just kind of watch out for all of us. They kind of watch out over the things that we do. Uh, This is the group of people when I have a wild and crazy idea, most of the time I ask, what do you think about this? And they're the people that say, you're crazy, loco. And sometimes I listen to them, and sometimes I don't. If I don't, I pay the consequences. It's always better to listen. So these are our overseers that oversee all that we're doing. 
Now, many of them also lead community groups because we're really co- we're committed to living life together in smaller groups. We really believe that's how our faith really takes off. So George and Cindy and Chuck and Marinelle and Steve and Mary Ann, Jeremy and Jennifer, they, they lead community groups. But also Alyssa and Jason do. So Alyssa, you're not able to come. That's fine. But Jason, can you come? And then Brent and Molly Jacobson, they're traveling, so they cannot. And then we have a couple of other people that are uh, tra- in holding for doing our community groups. Now, the whole goal of community groups is living life together, uh, being a small family, kind of extended family, encouraging each other uh, during a kind, of an, uh, kind of a weekly time. So that's what our community groups do. Then we have ministry group leaders. This is a whole host of people that allow us as a community to kind of take care of the business of things that we do. So arts and creativity, Christy Gallagher oversees that. Blessing Muslims, Steve and Marianne Smith, they're already up here. Uh, Jennifer and and Jeremy Wilson oversee our children's ministry. Uh, Jenna Robinson is a very important person on our leadership team. She delivers the coffee to us. So, Jenna, if you'd come over here and stand, please. She doesn't realize, does she? She just see what it is? You're the only one that really has the power over us. (laughs) Jenna, please come over here with Jason. And then Susan uh, uh, has the heart for our our, uh, Laurel Plaza outreach, and she also is the one that kind of processes the prayer requests and sends those on. Benji uh, does our sound and lights. Benji, if you'd please come up. We, the board can be without you for a bit. Otto Gallagher uh, oversees our small groups. He's helping to develop our small groups. Where did Otto go? Did he disappear? Ah, it's with kids. Thank you very much. Uh, Tom and Sylvia Phipps do our Sunday our snack schedule. Again, they're, they're important people in our leadership team. And then right now, our worship teams are uh, being led by Jonah. Where did Jonah go? Is he helping with our... Yeah, come on, Jonah. Come over here. My friends, these are the people that are leading our community. And these are the people that are trying to do their best to love us, to serve us, They're the ones that are trying to follow Jesus and be like him in servant leadership. So what I would like for us to do this morning is I'd like for us to show appreciation for them. So kind of our ministry time uh, is just simply to go introduce yourself. If there's somebody up here you've never met uh, and you don't really know what they do, just go introduce yourself and say, now what is it that you do? And then... uh, and then also, you may say, well, could I just, could I just say a quick prayer for you? Because I really want God's best for you. Because, my friends, our community is going to be healthy when our leaders are healthy. And we really want to have a healthy community. So we want to be responsive to those uh, that are leading us and, and serving us. I would like to also ask for the Arellis and Amy to kind of join in the mix. Because I want us as a community to really celebrate the fact that we're multiplying. Uh, The Mission Vineyard is a church plant from a River City Vineyard. And Amy and Bobo have been extremely brave 
to say, you know, we want to launch out, and, and our community group is going to grow into a local church in north central San Antonio. That was really brave to do, and they've been doing that now for a year and a half or so. And then the Arellis, they just uprooted their family and moved from Sugarland, Texas, uh, left his job, left his friends to come join people like us. And that's a really scary thing. And so that was really brave as well. So again, we just want to recognize these people. Uh, so if you would, just go, make yourself known, bless them, and uh, just show appreciation. So Arellis. Amy, if you'd go stand over here as well. Christianity works when people follow Jesus. And it works as people follow Jesus for people who are following Jesus to invite others to follow them as they follow Jesus. That's what leadership is in the church. People following Jesus, inviting others to follow Jesus with them. So let me say a short prayer. Just thank you for these leaders, and then it'll be your turn. Uh, go, just say thanks uh, to these leaders in our, in our community. Lord, thank you uh, for a morning to recognize those that are following you. And Lord, I do pray. Uh, for each of our leaders, just to be focused again. It's not on the task. Uh, it's upon relationship with you, that each of us is known by you. Each of us is loved by you. And you've invited all of us to follow you. And as we follow you, thank you for the great uh, joy it is to say to others, hey, come follow me because I'm following Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you uh, for each leader and what they do and how they do it. And I thank you for this passage in your word that just reminds us to appreciate those that are leading and be responsive to their leadership. Lord, would you please continue to bless our community and bless the Mission Vineyard as well with a growing leadership of people that are following you, loving you, serving you, and turning around and doing the same thing to other people. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. So please, before you leave, go pick out somebody, introduce yourself, and express a word of appreciation. Thank you.